Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're recording on a truly Apollo 13-esque manner. Um, we've done this once before. I think it was episode 40. But uh, screen recording on Skype using Brit, calling Brit through my laptop, which is actually calling through my phone. So a bit of a circus. A bit of a circus act, right? It's the, it's the it's the it's the juggling chainsaws and balancing china plates on a unicycle, but hey, we did. The universe said we can start get our way. We said no way. We just said fuck you. You know that's yeah. Apollo thirteen. They didn't say well, maybe it won't work. And you may be saying to yourself, but Tommy, this isn't anywhere nearly as heroic or as important as Apollo thirteen. To which I say, oh, contraire, it it, it is. It is. This is, I would say, more important. You know, I'm not sure what is more important than this, actually. I think all of the world that rests on this episode. Um, but, Britt, you look, looks very confused at, at my proposition for that fact. But it, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. The world hinges on this. And I can't explain why it's classified. But for everybody listening, Britt was on episode 16, the OG. It's This is episode 369. Which is, uh, yeah, and I have known Brit since about a month before 9-11, which may seem like an odd time stamp, but I don't know, it, it's, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah, August, because that's when I started OLA in Atlanta. I've been friends with Brit since 2001, I've gone to his house many of times in middle school and shot airsoft guns at each other and at others, and played... <laughs> played Halo, Halo 1 on LAN parties, the OG, so point is, for everybody listening, yeah, for everybody listening, I've known Britt for a long time, uh, and we last spoke about 3D printing and hydroponics and shit, and, um, but now, Britt and I spoke a couple years ago, and you told me an interesting uh, story that I can't really retell, so with that, I'm just going to pass it over to you and it's all yours um basically it was a hard one to remember but it's kind of what made me a strange person i suppose knowing that there's a little bit more out to the universe and um uh just one fact i've had to face is that uh i'm adopted and i came from a family that wasn't doing so well at the time my birth mom tried to commit suicide uh, tried to overdose on all sorts of chemicals in order to induce that. And uh, I guess this would be the first point that life acted my being, my physical being, in a manner enough to stir me into a conscious state. Um, and when I was in this state, I remember sort of just darkness and then an out-of-body experience began to happen. And... Um, remember just uh, seeing the world around me and exiting it and then entering another darkness at the end of this other darkness was a massive amount of energy and light and 
when you were in the midst of this, you just became like you're floating down a river, completely relaxed. Everything is right in the world. Um, you don't have any worries. And it just sort of missed the moment and said, I could stay here for a while and make a decision. Do I want to come back to the world or do I want to stay there? Um, I made the decision to come back. And, <clears throat> and big social group, a little bit of information, more knowledge about it, and for choosing to come back. I see that I'm choosing to be able to lead it. Um, knowing full well it, it's told you, hey, what the heck? Life, there's nothing easy about it. I'm still making that choice. I could told me about myself and about parts of myself that wouldn't exist until I'm 30 plus years old. Just weird thing to know. Um, but then I remember coming back and just kind of be active into body and then the, the real life begins. Um, but there was a lot to take away from, and, and uh, I guess I'd have to let you dissect it bit by bit with a few questions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a very personal thing. I mean, that's ultimately what it's about. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I remember you telling me this. I think it was probably 2017 or 2018. I had just gotten my sorry ass dumped, and I, I was reaching out to Brit, and you know, as we do in, in life, when you know shit hits the fan, you go or not really. I wouldn't even say when shit hits the fan. I'd say when life kind of just shits all over you, because shit hitting the fan. There's almost like this excitement about that phrase, you know. Shit hitting the fan is like society's collapsing. Grab your guns, hit the highway, right? It's like you know, it's this illusion of you know the bug out bag, got to get out. So it's not shit hitting the fan. It's more so when life shits on you, when you're just kind of sitting there and you're like, man. This is really where I am in life right now. Just out, kind of at the bottom. And I felt, you know, pretty down, was living home. And, you know, didn't have anything going for me. And I was just like, what the fuck am I even doing? And I found, you know, at least for me, in moments in life where that happens, you always find solace in talking to those that you've known for a long time, right? Not like a friend that you've had for a month. But you go back to someone, you're like, I've known this person since, like, before I had braces. Like, I was friends with this person for a couple of years before I jerked off for the first time. Like, you know, like someone that you've really, you've known for so long that it's just like, you know their flaws and they know yours. And you truly know them as like a, as like a, per, as like a human. And that's always, that always seems to be the case. And I reached out to Brit and... I had remembered from middle school, I, I knew you were adopted, and I think we had talked about that one or two times while, like, playing Halo or something, but the point is, is yeah, but the, the point is, is when I reached out to Brit, and basically it was just like, I dude, I feel like I'm at fucking rock, probably hadn't talked to you in, like, ten years, fuck if I know, and, well, not that long, because we graduated in two, th- it's not important, point is, is I reached out to Brit, and we spoke, and Brit was like, man, like, and I remember hit, I remember you telling me, you know, you're like, you know, I remember parts of my life like before I was born. And you're like, I've never really told anyone this. Or you're like, I've never told you this. And you're like, because it's, you're like, it's weird. It's hard to like tell people that. And 
This was around the time I first started opening up about the fact that Silas Marbella suicide on April 15th, 2014. The night before, like a couple hours before, I, I was down in Georgia. I was 600 miles away. And I like woke up from a nightmare that I was basically like hovering over his shoulder. I was watching it like third person. I was watching him basically prepare for it. And I woke up and my girlfriend woke me up at the time and because she was like, your heart's beating so fast. I've told this story on this podcast before. Your heart's beating so fast. I thought you were having a nightmare. So uh, she woke me up and I was like, I was. And I didn't realize anything about it because I was just like, it's just a nightmare. And uh, later found, you know, the next day it happened and it happened. I later now know from like going through like his last text to other members of the family. I can now piece it together. And what I saw was actually happening. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's very hard for me to tell that story because I'm you know I was I'm I'm by Mr. Biology I'm pre med I'm all about science but it was like I without I mean there is no there is no oh maybe it was a coincidence you don't have a, a dream about something that can only happen once you can't lose someone to suicide twice it's, it can only happen once and it wasn't even like well I had this dream and five years later it happens no I had this dream of what I was viewing of him prepping for it. And the next day it happened. And then I actually now know that the time I was having the dream was actually the same time he was prepping. So I was, I was, it was like, it was like streaming. It was like live streaming. I was watching and I don't know what that was. And, um, it took me a while. I remember I finally told my, my mom about it and I had never told anyone about it. And I remember I told my mom and my like therapist at the time and then told my dad and then I've opened up more and more about it. But I remember telling that to Britt. And maybe I told you that first and then you told me your story. But the point of all of this is like it was kind of an opening up about like, yeah, man, there are weird things that cannot be explained. And they are certainly you can't write them off as ah, you were just on acid. No, this is a and it's not something you can brush off either. It it shapes who you are as a person that fundamentally changed my view on the world. Like it is, if that was connected, that who else am I connected to? How many others are connected to someone, and they, maybe they won't know until that person's on the verge of death. Every time I think about you, you pop up. So it's, but that's uh, a, that's also a thing, yeah. though, right? Is like, yeah. why the fuck does that happen? And it's, and what I always point to, and Britt, obviously, as you know, I never shut up. So you got to throw some elbows if you want to get a word in. It's a, uh, but the Barry Dinger show. <laughs> that's a. Uh, Brit, Brit, no, I'm thinking of all. But what is kind of weird is when we were in sixth grade, uh, our, our mutual friend David and I uh, began our own talk show instead of Jerry Springer. It was called the Barry Dinger Show, and it was the Barry Dinger Show. <laughs> and and Brit and Brit was security. Brit was so me and David would put our desks together. And Britt would stand next to it with like a ruler that was, I don't know, his club. And we would do the Barry Dinger show. And Britt was like backstage security. I mean, it was three of us with a cumulative age of 30. Like, and, you know, everyone else was, you know, eating rich crackers and had braces. Again, this is like 2002. This is pre-Iraq. But we used to joke that we had a talk show called the Barry Dinger show. And it's very odd kind of sitting here realizing now I'm sitting here with a microphone talking to you on my show. But, but point is is i always i always point to this i've had on the podcast several times probably 20 plus times now dale comstock dale's the youngest ever member of delta force worked with the cia for 10 years 
is as reputable as an I mean, he's a living legend. I've talked to other tier one operators and they all know who he is. Dale's a living James Bond. Point is, is he's a very clean cut guy. He's not like Brit, Brit and myself where we talk about psychedelics and smoking. This is a guy that's never touched pot in his life. But he has stories of, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, waking up and thinking of a friend that he hasn't talked to in a decade. And it turns out that you know, he, he'll find out a couple hours later that that guy was killed that night in an operation in Yemen. And it was like, why does that happen on other sides of the Certain world? Instances just release to the amount of energy and the release of that energy it can attach on to yeah. other, other things that it's been attached to in the past, like people. Yeah. We're, we're conscious quantum energy yeah. or a field like massive amounts of fields of these energies and when something impo- important things happen you become especially if it's something that's been important to you yeah um, and it's people even people you haven't talked to like, I know I've thought about my elders and they'll be deep in my heart for a couple of days and then you come to find out like that was them saying goodbye uh-huh. like after that they're gone yeah um families have a lot going on let ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids and for parents try three new brainy chews to help you focus chill out or get energized Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah. Things like that. Um, Dude, it, my, my grandmother passed away in 2018, and I swear to God. And I had been seeing, because I've been driving up to New York every week. This is when, after I moved home in 2016, I was going to see a therapist every week in New York. So I was driving up every week. So I got to see my grandmother a lot, actually, before for like two years. I take it as a blessing. I got to see her every week. Um, I hadn't seen her that regularly since I was a kid. But the point is, is, you know, she was getting up there in in years and her, you know, her health was definitely fragile. But um, she was making a rebound. And I remember I was at my little brother's house at the time in dc i think and i remember i had a dream that night i had a dream that my grandmother was on the moon and she like and i had a i had a suit on but like her like glass bubble broke and so she was having trouble breathing and i was like i was like i kept trying to like get her air and stuff and i had this uh, horrible dream and i remember i woke up the next morning and this was like a couple days before christmas 2018 me and my little brother had this like we had a couple days i was going to go up to his place we were going to drink for a couple days and then both drive up to new jersey together we always do christmas at my uh, aunt's house just whatever but i remember i woke up and he was like yo like we need to go up to new jersey today and i was like why i was like like, why like it's we have no we have like two days and he was like he was like mimi is like actively like like dying like the basically like the like the hospice nurse was like hey like it's not if it's it's she's going and she probably has another 12 to 18 hours left if you can get family to come so you know obviously we sped up and we were there with her and i remember she was you know like you know they they had her on like a ton of morphine so it was fine you didn't feel any pain but she had to be on oxygen because morphine suppresses your respiratory system but i remember she was laying completely fragile i mean she couldn't talk i do remember her like grabbing my hand but like I, i was just and it's it wasn't it wasn't sad like my brother was sad. She was, she was, I believe, 88, perhaps 86. 
lived an absolutely wonderful life. I have so many memories of her, and it was just it was just old age, right? There's there's a sadness in that, but it's not the same as your 27 year old brother killing himself, right? There's not the same tragedy, right? It's 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 much more expected. It's like 88, like it's you go, you get old, and you go. But even that was something where it was like. I remember I went up to my mom and, you know, I was like, mom, I had like, I had a dream last night of like Mimi, you know, I was like, if she was on the, but I was like, the point was, it's like, she couldn't breathe. And my mom was like, well, she ha- was having like acute respiratory failure. And I just remember, I was like, what is going on? Cause I had that dream. And then she knew about my dream with John. I remember she was like, Tom, it's your gift. And I was like, I would say it's a curse, but okay. I agree to disagree. <laughs> but, but I was like, and so, but it's like this had happened twice now and then like I understand the sort of like criticism of it it's like well how many dreams have you had where that didn't happen and the thing is is like I haven't had a dream where that hasn't happened it's just not something I talk because it's not like hey 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 I had a dream that someone's it's like I don't want to talk about it it's fucking weird <laughs> it's weird it's scary it's I was going through a lot that middle school and I was kind of starting to go and say yeah how do you how do you like, tell people just, this? <laughs> like, and not just metaphorical reality dreams where it's like the, the glass break, the, the literal hundred action for action, moment for moment, like dreams. This is this shit's happening. Yeah, and I'm it's like I'm caught, like stream. Like these actions yes. have to be active, a causal nexus or a death change event that happens yeah a deja vu or yeah somewhere between all three but i mean it has to do with this energy pass through time Mm -hmm. and why it connects to you in certain points in time what makes them more important but yeah it's there's a timelessness to whatever's beyond the physical Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's like you said it's the one with Mimi was metaphorical, where it was the glass breaking. But then, whereas like my brother John, I was like, for, sa- for sake of privacy, I won't go into like just from like where we live and, and family. Ma- but I mean, I was I like recreated it, and I was like, it was basically like there was a quadcopter following him with a GoPro, mm-hmm. like second by second, like we're literally where he moved throughout the house, and it was like. That wasn't even like, oh, what it, what did it represent? I was like, no, I like watched like a live feed, six hundred miles away. What the fuck? And it's 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 something that like you can't you can't just go. Well, you know, everyone has these experiences where you know we all have experiences where you kind of question reality. But it's like what Ram Dass, the late great Ram Dass, would say. You know, he's like, back when I was a Harvard professor and people would tell me about their spiritual experiences, I would always say, like, you know, that's nice and you should keep an open mind. He's like, you know, and then, you know, I'd kind of roll my eyes to myself. And then later on, he was like, after, like, living in the Himalayas for 10 years and, like, working with gurus, and he was like, I was now watching in, like, real time, I was watching actual miracles. Like, I was watching, like, and this is this is Ram Dass's words, as a Harvard professor, he's like, I'm watching this Buddhist monk meditate and he's levitating. And I'm like, who the fuck at MIT is going to believe this? And he's like, I don't know. And frankly, he's like, and you may be listening to me right now saying, Ram Dass, you know, I, I can't, 
I can't verify that unless I see that with my own eyes. And to which he would say, correct. So don't take my word for it. He was like, because I certainly can't convince you, just like I couldn't have been convinced before I saw it. So what everything Britt and I are saying, you may be listening to this saying, you know, are you guys spinning a yarn? Are you trying to, you know, get a popular podcast topic going? To which I say, you, you can't know until it happens to you. And I don't expect anyone to take my word for it. I think you'd be stupid to take my word for it. Because how do you not know Britt and I are just pulling stories out of our ass? We're not the first people. No. So we won't be the last. I mean, yeah. this is a definitely something we... There have been people who've been scientifically trying to document it. Even uh, there's books, The Gateway Experience, even the CIA took a huge... amount in time. That one. I mean, humans are quantum creatures. Yeah. And... And... When this three dimensional, I think we're bit by bit going to evolve into experiencing having those experiences more and more. Uh, but part of us are conscious of every. You know. Do you think maybe it's like as well? I also can say Dr. Eben Alexander, the the literal. I mean, I don't know how much more credible than you can get than a literal Harvard brain surgeon, <laughs> like a the head of neurosurgery at harvard that's about as tippy top as you can get he wrote the book proof of heaven when he fell into a coma for seven days and experienced heaven i've had him on this podcast three times he's a cool fucking dude but i mean there's a guy that is as like a dale comstock he's not me and brit he's this incredibly credible person and he's saying no zero hesitation he's like yeah i experienced heaven and this is what happened and the mind is actually just a it's just a filter for the universe at or the mind at large per Aldous huxley we're all quantum creatures we're in this world we chose this incarnation to learn as old souls we are actually eternally old every life we take is merely a new college course and right now brit's learning what it's like to do 3d printing with a beard and right now tommy's a guy in a red sweatshirt and he's experiencing podcast 101 and really what these lives are are nothing more than just a semester at the eternal college of becoming a god and that's a guy I that mean, just Earth, yeah i mean with the way i see it consciousness don't even know what true heaven is we're still trying to figure that out yeah. and any concept of it is just something we're still evolving with here on planet Earth. Human concept Earth. yeah yeah uh, just continuously reincarnating until we find the right way to yeah do this I mean, like, as above, so below, or that saying goes, you know, as we're an evolving species, our evolution is representative of the collective's evolution. We are just a, a, a being you know, 10,000 years ago, just in the mud, whatever. Um, and now we're, it's, we're and to create civilization, to ourselves up from this state and do something different. And rather than doing the same thing we had been doing, yeah, and bit by bit we're moving forward. And, and now I believe we're actually getting to, uh, close to figuring out and help uh, grow past fear of eternity. And I think it's like degrees. You said, fe- um, you said fear of eternity. Yes. What, what do you fear mean? Fear of eternity. What do you mean? But sorry, your yeah. audio has been chopping in and out. You said we're we're growing past fear of eternity, or or yeah, 
what what is yeah. fear of eternity? Because I feel like I feel like most people. Sorry, I know I'm interrupting. I feel like the big thing now is like we want radical life extension so that we can be around for eternity. And you're saying fear of eternity. We fear eternity. It's why we, as a collective consciousness, as a realm that has time. Okay. It's a relativity, it's, and it's an exact opposite of what original state of consciousness is. And things about the physical world are built around things being the exact opposite of the way that it was before mm-hmm. creation, before physical matter, before any of that. Um, because the creator being the very first, like, the very first thing, the very first the everything when it looked out into eternity what do you think it saw it saw nothing yeah I mean at eternal it has but it is the be all so when it became conscious and it stared out into oblivion it had to figure out a way to you know fill an eternity yeah. with yeah what does it fill everything what does it do with it yeah and and, and this partitioning of the consciousness down into a a minutia of itself and experiencing itself and trillions of different experiences figuring out what is good what is right what is wrong is all part of this and i mean it's 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 you know i think of like i think of when i would make like a a photoshop or something and i'd get like my ipad and i would make whatever whether it's a, it's a design I want to make or whether it's a Photoshop of like World War II or whatever. I like to put fighter jets in World War II images. I think that's, I always love, I love putting an F-22 above Okinawa or something. But what, what you always do though is like, as you're creating this image, it's like first I always need just kind of like this, this background. So I'm like, okay, I know it's going to be a black and white image. So the very first thing I'll do is I'll kind of just take like a gray palette and I'll be like, there's the background, there's the whole thing. And then I'll kind of take a couple images of the ocean and kind of blend them together. I'm like, there's the distant ocean, here's Okinawa, and then I'll start filling it in. But you always kind of have to throw this shit at, you know, I put I put black sheets on either side because it was like, first, I just kind of need to just, I need a background, right? And it's, it kind of seems like what would, what would God, what would the original source, what would it do when it... When it is, when all of a sudden, it's like what Duncan Trussell said. I remember listening to this in like 2012. And he was like, it's like when it first becomes conscious at whatever point in it, there isn't, there isn't even time. All of a sudden, this thing just wakes up. It is. I am. He was like, what I think, we like to think of it as this like all-knowing God. He was like, I think this thing freaked out like a child the first time the child fell and hurt its elbow it just it was there is nothing there's no differentiation there's no language there's no and it just goes what the fuck and it just explodes into a trillion sorry did you tell me to whisper oh no no i'm just thinking the oh, first oh, thing I it thought, wants to do i thought you were telling me to whisper. I'm, i was like i was like what? I'm I'm sorry. I'm oh no 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 he was like this thing is like what the fuck it just it doesn't know and it just shatters into a trillion pieces and now it's you experience life as a girl in china or a farmer in europe or tommy in britain 2021 or your elon musk or it's fifty thousand years in the future and you're colonizing pluto or whatever 
And it's almost like it threw all this shit out. It's like it took all these Lego pieces and threw them out. And over eternity, it's kind of putting them together. And it's like, oh, this is actually a really cool Lego set. I can build this toy. But at first, it didn't know. It was just... It wants to create a conscious mirror for itself to help figure all this out. Yeah. I mean, that'd be the, the first thing you want to do is have a buddy that's like you to figure shit yeah. out with. I mean, yeah. So it splits itself into that's... two, right? At, ver- at the very least, there's two. Or in one over time. But over time, these, this consciousness needs to find another means of addressing all yeah. of the, 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 they, in the millennia, they were just floating around as nothingness and just splitting into two. Creating a new, but needing to test them. I mean, the first, what I believe was the first creation of it, is what we think. Um, it's a realm that is an immediate response to what you're holding inside of you. Are, are you good? Are you bad? It's the it's the eternal giant mirror, deep self. Um, it, it it can be a cakewalk or it can be damnation. It's whatever you make of it, whatever's mm-hmm. inside of you. But um, and I, like after that and after there was some means of in the chaos and the souls they still needed more they still more right? because there's still timelessness mm-hmm. there, there was still understanding of what all the men I mean if there's no pain is there good or evil like if there's no physical sensation what is good what is evil at that point they didn't know yeah and that's all still something that's being, being quite literally beaten in and out of us yeah. on this planet. Yeah, yeah, it's um, we're we're here to learn something. Like, and i i don't I don't know what part of me part of me thinks it can never figure it out because how could it figure out because it can't truly ever step out of the system because to be conscious is part of the system so you can right the camera can never record itself unless of course you get a mirror right because the camera is the, the, the flashlight can never illuminate itself it shines your teeth can't you can't bite your own teeth that is biting right a knife can't be so sharp it cuts itself it is sharpness so it can never unless of course it makes copies of itself and then it can look you go oh you could bite someone else's teeth that would be weird and perhaps your fetish but like you bite someone else's teeth you could cut another knife with a knife but but part of me now thinks there's that i think it's from the bhagavad gita it might not be i don't know it's some ancient text i'm clearly an uncultured swine but it's the quote before met or before enlightenment you chop wood and carry water. So right, you're just kind of a burdened beast doing your daily chores. And it says after enlightenment, you chop wood and carry water. Because you go you wake up and then you go, Oh and then you just find bliss in daily activities. And I think of like how hammered down with routine I was in college. Waking up every morning, just four student, med school, blah blah blah. And then I had a couple years off where I thought I was years right after my brother died and I was like I'm just going to take this time to figure out life and ultimately what I concluded was up until creating this podcast in 2019 is that I realized my bliss is having like an insurmountable job that takes me every day to do and every day I get a little closer but I know I'll never get it right right like what would be Who's the biggest YouTube channel in the world? PewDiePie with like 100 million subscribers. So what if I set my goal to be 7 billion subscribers? 
I can work at that for the rest of my life. And there's a piece in that. I wake up every morning. I got to exercise so my head's clear so I can talk quickly on the podcast. Because if I don't, I'm groggy. I got to meditate. Got to put on clean clothes, shower, shave, comb my hair over. I got to do some meditating and breathing exercises to kind of clear up the existential fog. And then I come in, I do the podcast, I finish it, I compress it, I upload it. And by the time it's about finished to go, I'm nice and tired and it's time to go to bed. And I wake up the next day and I do it again. And I found that there is indescribable peace in just being happily occupied. And it's that's at 30 years old, meditating every day for 12 years, that is my latest thesis on existence is to just be happily occupied always knowing that it's just a game and that i'm just a fractured consciousness here for a little while but i don't get lost in it you know if it's if it's grand theft auto sure you're you might be do i live in a video game but after a while you're like fuck it just get the fighter jet and just go fly between buildings fine find find happiness and you and 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 I've been thinking of this more is is like you know it's like you know it's like when people like I don't really drink anymore I don't really smoke anymore I will on occasion but like you know people say to those that when I did when I was drinking every day and smoking every day I was without a doubt escaping I was getting away from something the pain of thinking about what happened to my brother the pain of realizing that uh, my life is spiraling downwards I was escaping something now if I do it it's 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 a celebration. It's like, oh, I just broke a thousand subscribers. I haven't drank in a year. Like, sure, I'll go have a couple beers with Matt, right? But then I've been thinking, is this, is human life, is this just God not facing the existential terror of not knowing what it is? So does it roll up a nice fat blunt of human and it rips it and it lays back on its bed? And just like getting drunk or taking pills, it's like, you can take some Xanax and sure, your problems will go away but you're going to wake up tomorrow and they're going to be here. But when you're really in pain, you don't give a shit because all you want are those 12 hours of peace. Please, God, just give me some peace. I'll face tomorrow when it gets here. Is God taking a big rip of human and the other gods are going, other gods are going, you're just, you're going to feel good for about 80 years, but then you're going to wake up and he's, I don't give a shit. I'll wake up and I'll take, I'll take another hit. There's so many redundant human consciousness not facing reality. It's the creator just trying to phase out for and there's some parts of the consciousness where like, hey, collectivist, I've got something new. I've got something my whole life sacrificing, bringing you know, list the whole up and gives them more. I mean, there's a whole dynamic between the, the shut off side and the side that's conscious part of the can. There's a balance between the two. But I mean, if I had one bull, I'd be way to the creator and get to work. Yeah. 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 As uh, we see it every day, uh, people who just want to shut down, you don't want to face these things. Um, e- even though, like, I mean, you, you, the face, your experiences, some of this, um, some of the reality that you had, um, couldn't explain. And, and, that, and I wish everybody would start to tune into these things and the, the littlest things and the biggest things. Um, and they'll start to see a much bigger picture and how their lives play a role in this big journey of growth. 
um, maybe some of them are doing it because they're afraid that the journey is going to come to an end one day. It, it, you know? it, it, might, it might be. That's the journey going to come to an end one day. Yeah. It's, you know, there's like, there's another, ad, it's like, again, it's like drinking and smoking isn't always like I'm trying to hide from something. Like, I also drank and spoke in college when I was a 4.0 student with eight pack abs. And it's because sometimes it was just fun to go get fucked up. Like it, it's not always this sad evil. Oh, he's trying to hide from pain. Sometimes it's Friday night. You just did two weeks of studying OCHEM and genetics. You're 21. You're ready to get lit. And there's no more, there's no more philosophy behind it than that. You're just getting lit for lit sake. Like, so, like, at the end of the day, when I play video games, when I play Hitman or Grand Theft Auto, it's not, oh, I'm just trying to hide from the fact. No, it's like, my life's awesome right now. I'm making money on a podcast. I'm moving out of my parents' house soon. I'm losing weight. I'm selling my own sweatshirts. I'm trying to. No one's buying them. But I'm selling my own sweatshirts, right? I get to hang out with friends on podcasts and, and do whatever I want. I still play video games at night. I'm not escaping anything. Sometimes it's just fun to be like, let's see how many cops I can kill with a machete before the SWAT team kills me. And there's no deeper purpose than that. It's not like you're mentally ill. You need to address this. Sometimes it's just fun to put on some Bose headphones, turn on a 4K TV, and go like, let's just slaughter some civilians in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> like, Give yourself a new identity temporarily and yeah, you live it up. Yeah, it's, and there's, it, there doesn't need to be this logic behind it. Why are you doing that? I don't know. You know, it this is fun. Right? It's you know, when you jerk off, do you think about is it well I don't I don't want to know what you think about any of the listeners. I don't want to know. You don't want to know. I don't want to know. But it's like are you thinking about like, oh I'm doing this because I'm releasing dopamine and all these different neural pathways and that's allowing me to uh, ignore the fact that there's a pandemic ravaging the country and that the elite are slowly getting more and more wealth and that the rest of us are gonna die off as they turn into a breakaway civilization and we eventually devolve into a technocratic dystopia? Or are you just like Oh man, I'm gonna jerk off. Like it, it doesn't, you know, it's not always you're trying to sometimes, oh, right? Is it, is it, are you escaping some childhood trauma by eating a Big Mac or is it just like, I haven't had a Big Mac in a year. I just smoked some pot. I want a Big Mac. You know, it's not always, it's not always, sometimes it's just, you do it just to, right? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I'm mentioned in a, I just change things up as much as possible lately. That's been my thing. Mm-hmm. Just trying to, not to get stuck um, so that everything does kind of feel as much novel as possible. It's fresh. Yeah. Because the last year has been just doing the same pattern every day. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta step out of that, right? It's, when I mean, you're taking like mm-hmm. a, I don't know, you're taking like a yo-yo. If you're spinning it, eventually you've been getting it going so fast that you don't even really have to try anymore. And it's like start going in the other direction. Just get a little friction, right? Try a yeah. try, try a new video game, right? If you're balling out at Grand Theft Auto, pick up Just Cause. It's different controls and different physics, and you're like, oh, I suck at this, but it's fun. Britt, I gotta pee. Can you uh, can you can you monologue? <laughs> You know what? I'm going to pee too. All right. All right. Well, let me get the timestamp. 3808. That was good timing. Yeah. 3808. Okay. Got it. But yeah, it's, you know, is, 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 
is life just I used to think I used to think that I was like man I want to start like a podcast I want to get a ton of money and then I just want to go retire to an island in Hawaii and just not do anything and now I start to look at that and I'm like that seems like hell I love I want a mission yeah I I love there's nothing worse than the moment where you complete the last mission of a game and then it's over and you go fuck you're kind of hoping there's another boss somewhere but you realize you've unlocked every weapon the whole map is unlocked you now control the region and it's like just cause you're liberating Medici or Solis and you have to unlock all the regions you kill the dictator and all his henchmen and it takes 200 hours and then you're just kind of walking around like now what so what do you do you start a new game (laughs) You try to speed run it, or you try to do it with only this or only that. It's yeah. and these little games are all about helping the creator figure out eternity. I think we as individuals all need to spend some time, especially during COVID, meditating on figuring out what we're supposed to be doing for this eternity. What is our personal mission here? Like you said, you're unhappy just thinking about doing nothing. The reward sounds awesome, but then you think about the amount of time you'd be spending basking in it and you're like wait fuck that yeah um something wrong there yeah and why with that yeah it's like right now i'm at 1008 or 1974 subscribers my goal forever was to break a thousand now my goal is to break two thousand and there's like there's 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 a funness in the terror right it's like I'm having it on Brit, and tomorrow I'm, 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 I don't even know who I'm having it on. No, I'm having it on a CIA agent tomorrow. Friday I'm having it on an author. Saturday I'm having it on an ex-FBI guy. And it's like you're moving these pieces, and then you're like you're contacting new people. After you have on a guest, you're like, hey, do you know anyone from your field of work? Do you know anyone from the CIA that wants to do the podcast? And the entire – sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no, and you're always putting it out. And you're like, which episode's going to get new subscribers? Who's going to recommend it to, t- to who? And it's just this infinite game that I'm playing. And I've set the goal so high that I'll always be busy. I want it to get bigger than Joe Rogan. And then once I do that, I want to take my money from it. And I want to push a ton of money into MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. I want to revolutionize mental health via psychedelic therapeutics. And it's like, so what have I chosen? What Rubik's Cube have I chosen in this life? I want to try to greatly increase the efficacy of mental health care in America. That's a great yeah. puzzle that it's going to take you. you. I probably won't complete it. But there's a puzzle where it's world peace. That's a little too big of a puzzle for me. I know I can't do that. But with fixing or not fixing, greatly improving mental health care, it's just crazy enough that it might work. And that I can keep myself occupied for my whole life doing that. And there's there's a beauty in that. Every It's a game that I never get to the last mission. There's always a bigger, better mission, right? Elon Musk, you know, what happens once you become a billionaire, a hundred billionaire? What's the next best mission? Let's go to another fucking planet. Oh, he's throwing all of his money into figuring out how to... But, but that, that was always one of my thoughts. You know, when the creator looked out into eternity, it sees nothing. When we look out into eternity, we see something. We have something, but we can't touch it. Yeah. And so there's like this a beautiful in between between potential and actuality. So, creators yeah. tend to do with it. We we know what we do with it, but we don't know how to get there and make it happen. And 
I, I think around this time when we start making this happen, we're going to be forced to wake up as a species. Um, like this, this is just testing the waters. Um, we, we dipped the first fragment of our, the first digit of our big toe, and we haven't really yeah. synced in yet. And uh, I mean, that quest outward has always been part of something expressed by our collective consciousness. It has for hundreds of years. And now it's culminating. And we're getting to that point. Um, and I feel like this time here is very purposeful in what's happening to us as individuals. Um, I, I, I COVID as a blessing. People want to, might say it's a curse, but um, I think we're all supposed to be inside meditating, practicing our, our, the deepest core of ourselves. Uh, um, out and about, uh, walking around, you have a mask on all the time. You're training away that claustrophobia of you know space equipment over your face all the time. Um, you got to be stuck inside, immobile. What you think you're going to be able to run or, run around all over the place when you're careening with light speed through space? No, you're going to be in. Uh, a small little module or a, oh, a, a, a pod. So, like, this whole time period oh, is about conditioning our species oh, into no. being, like, <laughs> the next part of our journey is conditioning. It's one that is lower on the scales of causing freak. If we just, like, for species to do this because it was for that purpose, you and I might freak out. You know, you're about to be, uh, you know, all the low-wage workers about to be replaced by robots. They're all about to be, um, you know, it's about to free up humanity and just give everybody the keys to it, not doing something with their lives overnight. And it's got to be done in a way that, <laughs> the way that the most power of choice is possible. Mm. Um, and as, as, as our society takes the steps into what I would uh, call a field or we live at home, work at home, um, access everything through drone delivery or this or that. And um, everybody receives a, a system income just for simply existing mm -hmm. because we've gotten to that realm of efficiency. I mean, we're going to be really having to work on ourselves and readying ourselves to take the next step that people like Musk are making for us. Um, this is all part of like a big, big design that I see. Yeah, and I, I mean, I want everybody out there to see that too. Yeah, um, that's I hadn't thought about. Yeah, overcoming claustrophobia, overcoming mm -hmm. limited access to things. We need to be these because when we go somewhere, there's our path and how they'll interact and how you know how they'll interact with other things that are alive um we're going to need to under that and we're going to need to just train ourselves to think the coronavirus on everything everywhere we go um once we reach that stage of our journey uh, you know the average joe is going to need to have this beaten in their head i believe one day yeah i think we're all going to have the opportunity to leave planet earth one day man it's cool we're allowed we're not going to be allowed to until we've learned the appropriate way of life it's kind of like those tests they do out in like the desert 
where they'll make those little like modular habitats and you can go volunteer and it's like spend 600 days in there and it's they're like that you can volunteer to do it it's like be a part of history and what they do is like they've been they've been doing these for i think decades where you can go out for like 100 days or something but they do the psyche the psychological research on like deep space travel you you can read there's a there's a, there are a dime a dozen you can go read about them where some people crack after like 100 days some people can go the couple hundred days and it's but it's becoming like mandatory training because they're like how what are humans going to act like on on mars you know it's kind of like all those space movies where it's like what are the astronauts they get trained in those like gimbals where you're spinning around and you got to reconnect the wires and stuff that might not have been an astronaut movie that might have been rocket man but the point is is like there's all this training and it's is that what we're doing what you know and and how to human and it might not even just be training it might be uh it's like what george s Patton said never tell someone how to do something just tell 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 them what you want done and let them surprise you with their ingenuity or as dale comstock said his dad was in the military and uh he was like my dad told me he's like what if you had an electrified fence like a 10 by 10 foot fence you know taller than you can scale it's electrified barbed wire it's got concrete under it you can't tunnel into it there's nothing you can jump over and you have 10 soldiers and you say get into that fence and dale's like he used to ask them this as a kid and dale would be like a helicopter he'd be like no no helicopters there's like aa guns uh you i don't you cut through it he's like you can't it's, it's invincible and finally he was like how do you do it and he goes you tell your 10 soldiers get inside that fence that's an order and let them figure it out and they will figure it out through hell or high water or they'll die trying and maybe that's it is what do we need we need humans to figure out how to exist in small areas and not communicate in person and go so what are we doing we're learning zoom right it's it's almost like when it, when it, someone goes blind or deaf and you look at their brain before and then you look at their brain 10 years later if you go blind the areas of your brain associated with like sound analytic and, and auditory interpretation it grows right it's like if someone loses their legs their upper body gets strong because they're using a wheelchair i'm sure if you looked at like an overview map of like the cyber infrastructure of the world it would be like us pre-covid us post-covid probably a big boom in like webcams probably a big boom in stronger internet connections right because it's all zoom it's all facetime it's all what you know obviously the people making masks people delivering food it's all sorts of you know partitioned glass partitions like you see how a the, lot of it has to do with us space travel ready, like over well, not just that but then like the file the the shutdown of the old way of life like we, I mean, MIT was doing research for years on not just the availability resource, but the ability to get it to the populace. And they realized that we are horrifically inefficient. Uh, uh, like, how many different places would we go on planet Earth? We might go five, six different places, and all these five different places need food, water, like toilet paper. Um, everything in between so why can't we limit this down to one or two for every single human being so now we have fewer places source things like this like it might they, they decided that 20 2020 2021 we were going to cross over a point of no return in our ability to hand out enough resources to all the different places that we would go i mean we we were over the curve and uh, we needed to cut this back drastically else we're going to 
far future. You know, things are going to get a lot more drastic. So we shut down the number of places we would go. We changed the way we acted. We're going to try to uh, just redirect how we use our resource. Remember the whole toilet paper problem? Yeah. Um, but, yeah everybody that had toilet paper, but all the old toilet paper was still, you know, that, that that's 120 story office building that had 60 bathrooms in it. All the still stock is still there. I um, mean, it just wasn't taken from there and redirected. So suddenly there's this disparity at the beginning um, when they were learning how to resource. Um, but no, that makes sense, right? It's kind of it's yeah, kind of, it's, it's, it's the way to curb the number of roles paper as an example that I would need to have just sort of sitting in limbo waiting for the the opportunity for my need of it uh, yeah um, just it's neat. human only needs one you know yeah we don't need 10 different waiting for us so you know, it's, a, it's a massive chain of lifestyle that is being I mean like, I would like to call COVID clandestinely sort of just forcing it up uh, exactly what needs what the world needs of us yeah yeah it's it's kind of like um it's kind of like airlines like airbus a380 that if for everyone that does the airbus a380 is a full-length double-decker plane whereas 747 only the front of its double-decker but they made those planes because it, because what they wanted was is they wanted these planes would only work on a couple routes they would go from major hubs. It would be like Atlanta to London to um, uh, Abu Dhabi to Sydney to Beijing. And it was like you just had a couple of these like big, just intercontinental, multi-thousand-mile trips. And that's what you would use these planes that move eight, 900 people at a time. And then from there, you'd have smaller jets. And that would go from Atlanta to Charlotte or Atlanta to Dallas or whatever these kind of state moves but they wanted like and it didn't work and ended up fucking it up but the point is is like it's more energy efficient to just have a couple of big spots where you put everything as opposed to right imagine if you had to deliver mail to every cabin in alaska versus what they do is like you drop like a plane will go airdrop the mail at like one place and it's like twice a year all these people will come get their mail right there's a much more efficient way to do that and is that just what COVID is? It's just like increase the efficacy of distribution. It's for already needing on to us. And I'm not sure as much coincidence as I don't think there is. I'd like to think of it. I don't think I don't think it's a coincidence. I read a quote last night, man. It said coincidence is just God's way of staying anonymous. Yeah. I mean, how many of us were, pre- were, were waking up in the morning saying, I fucking hate my life and continuing to do that day after day after day while dreaming of a better life deep in your soul? Well, guess what? All of that don't pound it and is now releasing it in you to come through to the problem that you had. I mean, it was bound to happen eventually. Yeah. I um, mean, that, that's how I'm seeing this. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think the mutations are going to stop until humanity gets that. I don't think that COVID's going to go away until this, until this like lifestyle changes that we were discussing are just like force and broats and they stick. Yeah. COVID's not going away until those things stick. Yeah. Right. It's right. It's, whether <laughs> whether it's God or man making it or just some, yeah. you know, dolphin. 
and it's not just about anything that you know it's it's not going away until we get it yeah until we understand the beatings will continue until morale improves right it's it's yep. i was thinking of that today yeah. I was listening to Tim Dillon, and he was like, "Got all these like uh, variants in Australia and Africa," and he was like, "What?" I mean, it, 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 it just—it really kind of hit me this morning as I was looking out of my window, and I was just standing there, and I just thought, I was like, "This isn't going away. This is never this going, is away. going away." The spirit of humanity changes. It's just you know, it's. I remember after my brother died. And I, like a week or a month before that, I, I turned down my medical school acceptance. And I was like, I'm going to go brave my own new path. Then I lost my brother. And then I started getting into drugs and alcohol and I gained a ton of weight. And I remember for years, I would just, I, would, I mean, literally for years, I would just wake up, like, do drugs and just lay in bed. And I used to talk to my girlfriend at the time, who, I mean, I have nothing but love for. She was taking care of me in my worst state. I have, it's, there's no point in harboring hatred. And, but I remember she'd just be like, like, what, like, what can we do? Like, how can we? And I just remember I always used to say, like, I just want things to go back to how they were. And it wasn't until that, like, I moved home. And then when I moved home in 2016, all I wanted to do was move back to Georgia. I was like, I just want to move back down to all my... And then I started to realize that they were all getting married and moving away. And it finally just blossomed on my mind one day. And it said, it's not going back to how things were. Like... You and your friends are never all going to be in a classroom again. That was a period of life, and it's over. I'm never going to live in Georgia again. Like, my home's not there anymore. You're not going to be with this girl anymore. That's that relation. It was a thing. It existed, and it passed. Just like just like a flower blooming. It blooms, and it dies. And it's just that's what it is. Don't try to hold on to it. Just enjoy it for what it was. You know? And it's And it took me years to realize that. Until finally it was like, I'm going to start this podcast. I don't know where I'm going to live. I have no idea what life holds for me. But I know for a fact that I can't go backwards. And to, to get lost in that hope and that illusion is just, it's no different than waking up and slamming a bottle of vodka. It's a temporary, it's a temporary escape from the reality around you. So what you can do is instead of going out to get rid of these shakes i'm gonna have another drink no you white knuckle it through the withdrawals and then you start a new life of being healthier trying to get sleep blah 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 now it's it's been 14 months of doing this podcast and it's i don't look back anymore it's just i i enjoy what my the first 30 years of my life were for what they were i appreciate my time at ola at saint Pius at valdosta at the university of georgia i appreciate it for what it was I appreciate the time I had with my brother for what it was. I put down Oscar last May. I enjoyed that dog for 17 years. Yeah, that's how old. That's how old Oscar uh, is. Brit Brit remembers Oscar. That's how fucking old Oscar is. I remember. I remember when you first got Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> he was 17 the, and a half. Yeah. Yeah. He was 17 yeah. and a half. Put him down last May. Good yeah. But even that, even that was like, hey. I remember I was I was crying when I had him put down. I remember I went to the I went to the vet and they were like, "You can't come in like because I didn't have a mask on." They're like, "No one's allowed." And I just walked right by. I was like, "I don't like I'm not," because what they were saying is like, "We're like give us your dog and like we'll put him down." And I was just like through my over my dead body. I like so I like held Oscar as they you know they gave him the injection. But I remember I was crying and the vet said, "For whatever it's worth," he goes, "You got two dogs out of one. Most people are happy for like eight years." He was like, I'm not saying don't be sad, but just 17 years, he's like, that's unheard of. And it, that, that helped a lot where I was like, it's okay to like miss him, 
but dude, you got 17 years. Like, enjoy it for what it was. And, you know, with with that, to tie that all into COVID, and there may be people saying, don't give into it. It's all a globalist reset plan, in which case it might be. And we got to fight the globalists, whatever. You know, it's been going on for thousands of years, whatever. But, like, you know, it's very easy for me to say I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I don't have a job that was th- that threw me on the street. And now I, you know, rely on checks from the government. Like, I, I'm very blessed that I've created this thing where I don't need to interact with the world to do this podcast. There can be COVID. There could be flooding in New York. It doesn't affect me. I still put out the same shitty episodes every day and people for whatever reason watch it but like maybe that is kind of what's in store is like stop looking back it's the beatings will continue until morale improves it's the the variations will continue until you settle mars sorry i know i just went on like a 10 minute rant right but no it's all good you always have a lot to come back with um i mean it's all part of our destiny to figure out what's inside ourselves and what's out in the universe and find an eternity that's worthwhile not just find one where you wake up every day say I hate this life and then wish it away it's not going to happen it's not going to work like that for much longer I don't think I mean I'm fighting I'm going to make it work I'd be blue at all sorts of crazy ideas crazy dreams about Thing of no authority, you know, it's beyond me. Yeah. But I'm still trying, and I'm gonna keep trying until I die. Yeah. Or until it's. Yeah. I mean, I dream about going to other stars. I dream about being one of these guys like Musk. Fuck not yeah. just not but not for the sake of it, not for the to what he has, but for this doing. Yeah. And. So do I, I want to be a part of this expansion, this journey. Yeah, and, and I'm trying to plan it. I'm I'm playing my part. You know, as small and crazy and delusional as it is, I'm going to try. But because it's something new, it's something nobody else has tried before. Yes, but that that's the most important thing. You are unique, you own self. So at least try one thing that nobody has tried before, even if it doesn't work out. Yeah. No, that's, that's, you hit the nail on the head. Even if it's like my own little, like, delusional thing, that's kind of how I feel. When I say I'm going to have the biggest podcast in the world, I think it's going to take me a decade. And then I say, and after that, I'm going to become a billionaire. And then after that, I'm going to change mental health through LSD and psilocybin. You know, people look at me and they're like, you're not wrapped too tight. But the way I look at it is, it's like, yeah, it's all delusion and it sounds insane. But, you know, it's kind of like when they say, like, like a, you know, it's like, uh, like, um, I don't know, what, what's an example? Um, when you create a Gmail account, you automatically create a YouTube account, but you can also create a YouTube account without having a Gmail. So it's it's a Venn diagram, right? Everyone that has a Gmail has a YouTube, but not everyone that has a YouTube has a Gmail. So like my logic is, is like, yeah, it's delusional, but I think anyone that's ever accomplished truly great things in humanity are delusional not everyone that's delusional creates great things but you, you a steve jobs and an elon musk they don't sit there going well you know i just i just want a nice little home a little a little two-story you know a little uh turn of the century house no they're like i'm gonna change the fucking world with flat screen phones and self-landing rockets and a lot of them don't do that and they end up dead face down in a ditch but some of them 
do create it and they change the world. So I look upon it with a smile and acceptance when I'm like, yeah, I've got my own little bubble of delusion. I'm going to help go to different stars. I don't care if people think that's crazy. At one point, even the theory of psychological and psychologically aiding another individual was considered delusional. I mean, if you went back to 1400s, they tell you it was all, it's all spiritual and demons and shit, and you're crazy. I mean, but now it, the roles reverse. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you feel the way you felt for a reason. Everybody that's been inspired to do something that's changed the world has felt so for a reason. I mean, big or small. Oh, oh. And they're all just mirrors of the creator trying to figure it out yeah. so, and, I, and I wish everybody would feel that and feel that importance and then you kind of have a mission that you can't let down and suddenly you have a responsibility yeah. suddenly you, you you enter into a, what I call like the contract of civilization you force yourself to become strong so that you can multiply your strengths and give them to other people mm-hmm. and keep that up and you, you protect them, you, you create new tools, new means of helping people, helping people help themselves with mm-hmm. and with the same way our ancestors were inspired. And I hope that everybody out and just holds it in their heart and asks the creator what can they do to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. Rather than giving in the thoughts of the negativity and thoughts of all the thoughts that I guess are inspiring need to change. Yeah. The change from continuing to think that the, the types of thoughts that change and become the change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because there is a certain comfort in like negativity where it's like, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Podcast isn't going to work. Just go get a job, dude. Just go get a job. Just be happy with what you have. It's fun to dream. But look, you're not Joe Rogan. Just go. And like, there's a comfort in it's because when you fail at something or when you quit, there is a certainty because you now know it's over. You quit and you get that. The the worst part about like taking on a dream is the uncertainty. You don't know when it's going to work. And by quitting, you get the certainty of knowing that it's over. So it's not even really that you wanted success or failure. You kind of just wanted certainty. Well, well, then just, just hold out, you know, because it sounds like such a cheesy, like, motivational poster. But, I mean, truly, the way I look at it is, like, it's, as long as you don't give up, there's no such thing as failure. Because failure is, like, you actively quit. If you just never give up, then you'll, you'll eventually, and if you don't succeed, you will, then that, that will be because you died. In which case, you won't be and, here to experience failure. And you never know what the smallest minutiae in your experiences could really mean in the future. Yeah. I mean, just the, the smallest details could become an incredibly important inspiration. Yeah. And nothing in your experience is waste. Nothing in your experience is... And you know, you're the, you're ultimately the only one who can make that decision. Yeah. And never doubt that there's a reason for everything. Yeah. Everything you learned, everything that you felt, and always always try to find the, the good reason behind it. Fuck yeah, Britt, that was a beautiful note. I think I think we should wrap it up on that note. Yeah, I have to 
good one. I mean, I'm happy to share some more with you personally, talk more personally. Um, I like to show you what I'm working on. I don't want to put it up on YouTube, but all right, well, hold on. Let me uh, let me stop recording. Yeah. Let me stop recording down here. All right, well, this one's over. Uh, Britt O'Callahan, thank you for coming on. For everybody watching, and now Britt and I are—I don't know what I'm about to say, but I'm going to stop recording in three, two.